Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, credential beat reporter for Sports Illustrated now. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I have officially moved on from SB Nation, and I am now the beat reporter covering the Houston Rockets for Sports Illustrated with their new website called Inside the Rockets. Please be sure to check them out on Twitter. Please be sure to read my work, other people's work over at that website. So ladies and gentlemen, if you guys thought my work was good over at SB Nation, I promise you guys it's going to be 10 times better at Sports Illustrated. But as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That has not changed. That is Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Ladies and gentlemen, As we all know, the NBA draft is on June 23rd, and we are a couple weeks away from seeing what the Houston Rockets are going to do. A lot of people, including myself, believe that the Rockets are going to select Paolo Bancaro with their number three overall selection. And later on in the show, I'm going to be joined by a great colleague of mine, Miss Candace Cooper, the host of Locked On ACC, as we discuss whether or not Paolo is the best prospect in this year's draft. And then we're gonna close out with some thoughts that I have about Paolo and how I kind of envision him fitting into the Houston Rockets in this upcoming season and whether or not his addition to the team is going to be an opportunity for the Rockets to move on from some people. But to get this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets kicked off, I, w- I just want to talk to you guys about why I believe the Rockets are in a win-win-win situation in terms of all the possibilities that they have in this upcoming draft. And before I jump into that, ladies and gentlemen, as always, I got to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag as our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find the latest odds, news, sports development, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. And even takes on what to expect next year for the 2022 NFL season. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get your bonus and to get into the action because BetOnline is where the game starts. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to start this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets kicked off with why I believe the Houston Rockets are in a win-win-win situation in terms of what they can do for this upcoming draft in terms of, of course, adding talents, adding prospects, 
and getting this organization back to a respectable level where they can actually, let's say, compete for a play-in tournament spot next year, I really don't know if that is possible. But what I would say, given how the Houston Rockets played the second half of last season, especially the final month and a half when you saw guys like Jalen Green, Alperin Shagun, Kevin Porter Jr., um, Josh Christopher, you saw so many of these guys start scratching the surface on how good they can be, that lets me know that, one, the Rockets, they do have a very bright future. And it also lets me know that the Rockets are going to be more competitive this year. Now, will that translate into more wins for the Rockets in 2023? Mm, hopefully, I'm expecting it to. But at the end of the day, the Rockets are going to be in a great spot to compete and actually look better than the product that we saw go out there on the court for the first half of last season and, of course, the season beforehand, which, you know, that season was still a throwaway season, if you ask me, given the transition that the organization had to go through. And in hindsight, it seems like Raphael Stone made a great, did some great things in terms of how he ended Close that chapter of the organization in terms of all the assets that he got back in the trade. And look, at the time, I thought Raphael Stone could have gotten more for James Harden. But that's part of the reason why the Rockets have so many options on how they can continue to revamp their, this roster. It's because of the assets and the trade values and everything that they got back in that James Harden deal. And by the way, who knew that the Brooklyn Nets in less than a year was going to, was just going to be a complete disaster, but it works out for the Houston Rockets. So in terms of what the Rockets are playing with, when you look into the 2022 NBA draft, as we all know, the Houston Rockets, they ended the lottery with the number three overall selection. And they also have the number 17 selection via the Brooklyn Nets trade. And, this is part of the reason why I believe the Rockets are in a win-win-win situation. The Rockets have three different options that they can choose from in terms of how he's going to revamp this organization, revamp this roster, not just for the 2023 season, but beyond. And look, every team in the draft has this capability. You can trade. You could draft best player available, or you can draft best potential fit. And this is one reason why I believe the Rockets are in a win-win-win situation in terms of all the possibilities that they have entering the draft. Because when I take a look at the top six teams in the lottery as of right now, you're talking about the Magic, the Thunder, the Kings, the Pistons, and the Pacers. Out of those six teams, the Rockets and the Pistons are the only two teams who already have their foundational franchise cornerstone already on their roster. And I believe in Kay Cunningham. I do believe Kay Cunningham is the future of that organization. However, in terms of the Houston Rockets, not only do they have their franchise cornerstone, their new face of the franchise in Jalen Green, but given the success of last year's NBA draft in terms of Alperin Shingun, given the success of last year's draft in terms of Josh Christopher, given the success of players that we saw in the second half of the season, take that extra step in terms of a Kenya Martin Jr. Of course, in terms of 
still my favorite player on the team, Kevin Porter Jr. Um, there are so there are so much potential that the Rockets have where they are not forced to take this player just because it's the best player on the board. They are not forced to make this trade in terms of getting this in uh, in terms of getting X, Y, and Z for the upcoming season. The Rockets are in a very good situation given how Raphael Stone has already built this organization so far or at least put the foundation in place in hopes of making this Houston Rockets rebuild successful. And in terms of the three options that the Rockets have, they could trade either their number three overall pick or their number 17 pick. If there is a pick that could be moved, I'm more so believing that the Rockets are going to depart from the number 17 pick only because that's the one where they actually have a little bit more flexibility. I don't see them moving on from the number three pick. Like I see a lot of people out there on whether or not the Rockets should consider trading down. No, the Rockets should not consider trading down because one, they are in love. They are enamored by Paolo Bancaro, and that has always been their top prospect <laughs> ever since the college basketball season ended. But I don't see a situation where they trade that number three overall pick unless they're able to use that in hopes of getting, I don't know, a DeAndre Ayton or, or, or something like that. But they are definitely going to keep the number three pick. If there is a trade involved, I could see them moving the number 17 pick, probably package, packaging that in the deal with another player, with another pick or whatever the case might be, and try to use that to, to, to elevate either up and down in this draft or getting more assets to have even more flexibility in the future. Of course, the second option, the Rockets can go out and draft best player available and the Rockets can also draft best potential fit. Now, when I open up this segment, I just finished talking about how the Rockets already have a very good foundation in place given that the players already given that the players Raphael Stone already has on this roster. Green, Shagoon, Porter, the 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 the, the list goes on and on. A great Rockets draft to me would be if they go out and draft best fit over best available player. With that being said, I do understand that a lot of teams, when they go out there and they pursue players for their fit more so than the talent, you're looking at you're looking at a team that is a little bit more advanced further along in a rebuild. Most of these teams are teams that, you know, was competing into in the playoffs, i.e. the New Orleans Pelicans. I could see that being the team that's going to go out and draft best fit over best available player. But like I just mentioned, given the success and how Raphael Stone has already built this roster, this is a draft that the Rockets can actually afford to see whether or not they can go out and obtain players for fit more so than talent. And for a really good example that I can use, when I take a look at a player like Jaden Ivey, I'm looking at a guy who really has the potential to be, at some point, a top 10 guard in this league once he catches his strive in the NBA. However, I'm satisfied with the Rockets' backcourt, and the Rockets are extremely open and they are willing to give Kevin Porter Jr. another full year of running point guard. And we already seen an example of how dynamic the pairing between Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green can be. 
And if the rock is given another year, it's going to take another step forward. Eventually, though, that parent is going to start winning games. And if it comes down to the number three pick and Paolo and Ivy is sitting there, let's say, for an example, there is some steam picking up for Ivy. And some people have already considering him whether or not he should be one of these top three players that we are talking about should the Rockets take a chance on him. In my opinion, if they go by best fit, then the answer is no, only because the Rockets do not need another guard to pair with Jalen Green as of right now because they 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 do have that guard in Kevin Porter Jr. Now, does Jr. have some things where he has to develop and improve on some strive that he has to make in 2023 in order to maintain that job for beyond next season? Yes, he definitely does. But this is a draft where I can see the Rockets go out and actually draft best fit over best available players. We had an opportunity to ask Raphael Stone after the NBA draft combine about whether or not he's going to go best fit or best available player. And this is what he had to say. I, I think you always have to go best player available. Um, fundamentally, it's our job to win championships. And so I think um, when you're picking this high in the draft, I, I think you just you want to see if you can get somebody who can be, you know, really um a cornerstone of your franchise. And so I, I think, I think fit is going to necessarily be secondary. I understood everything that Raphael Stone said in there. Look, I do understand that I'm not the general manager, but at the same time, I do believe that if the Rockets go best fit, they will benefit more than best available player. And speaking of a guy who nine times out of 10 is going to be the best fit, and best available player by the time the Rockets explore and take a look at who they're going to select at that number three overall pick. This is part of the reason why everybody, including myself, is excited about the possibility of Paolo Bancaro coming over to the Houston Rockets in this year's draft. So on the other side of the break, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be joined by a Locked On Network colleague of mine, Miss Candace Cooper. She's one of the best in the game, one of the best on that network today. And I'm going to have an opportunity to discuss why is Paolo Bancaro such an intriguing prospect, not just for the Houston Rockets, but one of a top three prospect entering the 2022 NBA Draft. Once again, our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early predictions for the 2022 NFL season. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and to get into the action. Because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. And joining me for this second half of this latest installment is Miss Candace Cooper, the host of Locked On ACC, who literally had an opportunity to watch and to cover 
Paulo Bancaro, the guy that everyone is expecting to go at number three to the Houston Rockets. Candace, how are you doing today? And welcome to Believe in the Rockets. No doubt about it. Thanks for having me. Super excited to get to talk a little ACC basketball. I'm glad to have you on too, Candace. And let's jump right into it. How was it covering Paulo during his first and only season at Duke? It was cool. I think that Paolo definitely was one of those star-studded guys, must-see TV when it came to college basketball, especially with Duke in that program and a really special year for what was Duke basketball with Coach K's last season. I think he brought that energy and definitely wanted to give Coach K a re really good final ride and certainly brought some really flashing moments to that program. Candace, as someone who actually took an opportunity to cover Paolo throughout his long season at Duke, you saw a guy who recorded 17 points, almost eight rebounds, and three and a half assists in 39 games for the Duke Blue Devils last year. You're talking about a guy, and you also had an opportunity to watch this guy because Become one of the most exciting players in college basketball last season. Kansas, can you just talk about what are some of Paolo's best and worst on-court attributes that you were able to notice? Yeah, sure. So I think he's really good offensive weapon. He has a really great mid-range game. I think he's someone that can create separation in tight spots. He certainly knows how to be a playmaker when needed. Good you know, ball skills in terms of just handling and the way he's able to just make guys miss in terms of defensively and kind of leave them break a couple ankles. I think he's just one of those guys who's not super explosive, mm -hmm. but he has really good skill set. And I think that's something that when it comes to just being a really polished athlete, Paolo certainly is going to be one of those who makes an immediate impact wherever he goes. I think one thing that he's certainly going to work on is his three-point shot. He was only 33%. Um, from the three-point range during his time at Duke. And, you know, it's always room for improvement. And I also think defensively, he's not always the greatest, but I think that just comes from youth, something he's not – he's not a 3 and D guy, right, that we've come to find for some of these players in the league. He's definitely going to be more of a playmaker, but I think if he wants to, you know, fine-tune and sharpen some of the skills, defense in the three is where it's going to be good for him. You mentioned the type of impact that Paolo can actually have on a basketball team, Candace. Um, what type of impact were you – able to see Paolo have during Duke's final four run during the NCAA tournament because not too many guys actually had to do Blue Devil you know going as far as they did as they did especially going all the way to the final four you know so what type of impact did he have in that aspect yeah no doubt I think that he ultimately was one of the biggest leaders of the team I think that he was trying to find his rhythm you know sometimes he would do too much and mm -hmm. you know, he wanted to take over and so there were times where I think he would go missing that you wanted him to take over the game because you knew he was probably the most skilled player on the court so it's just something to where he would try to find that happy balance because he wanted to be a good brother in that brotherhood for lack of a better term and just really kind of find his groove so I think when you're asking guys to learn each other and Tim must stand and really perform well. I think they did the best they could. I think they had some tough moments at home in Cameron and I think all the pressure of what was the season again, being coach K's last year was a little bit challenging, but ultimately, you know, mm -hmm. I think he has a lasting impression on that university and they're going to always appreciate his time there. I want to extend this conversation in terms of the impact that Paolo can can have on an organization, on a team like the Houston Rockets, because Candace, I'm pretty sure you know over the last two years, the Houston Rockets have been record-wise, and I say record-wise only because the talent and the potential is there. However, they are still struggling to um, 
capture a lot of wins. But Kansas, when you take a look at what the Rockets already have, of course, when you take a look at a guy like Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., um, what type of impact do you see Paolo having on the Rockets in terms of what you was able to see last year with the impact that he had with the Duke Blue Devils? I think what probably the Rockets wanted John Wall to be, Paolo can certainly bring in terms of just having a strong backcourt, just having a strong presence and being mm-hmm. and wanting to, you know, make moves immediately and trying to be that guy for the team. I think having, you know, a guy like Jalen with you, just you want to be flashy, you want to bring fun back to the Rockets organization, want to bring butts and seeds. I think Paolo is definitely going to be that guy for this team immediately. And I think it's just something where he's going to have to grow same way. Jalen had to, the the rest of the Rockets team had to. I think Coach Alice is doing a decent job being a player's coach and trying to make guys better, but certainly room for growth. But if you have guys who are actually committed, bought into, and want to be a part of something bigger, I think that's exactly what Paolo can be. Given what you know about Chet Holmgren, given what you know about Jabari Smith, from what you were able to see out of Paolo Bancaro during his long season with the Duke Blue Devils, If he is still sitting there at number three, do you believe that he is actually going to be a steal for the Houston Rockets? Because one, on one hand, it seems like Paolo is considered to be the top prospect entering the draft this year. And two, the Magic, they're rumored to be linked to Smith and the Thunder are rumored to be linked to Holmgren. Yeah, when I think about physicality, right, I think Chet Holmgren certainly is someone who definitely needs some muscle milk. So I wouldn't ever (laughs) pick him personally, skill or not. You know, I think every no, not everyone can be Kevin Durant, and we all see like the trajectory of what a super skinny man in the league sometimes happens to you in, ter- in terms of being injury prone. So I think that Jabari Smith would be, you know, certainly a guy that's going to do big numbers and he's going to be super explosive in the league. But Paolo, if he can just maintain some strength and really he's struggled a little bit off the court with um, hydration issues in terms of cramping and all those sort of things, he loses like seven pounds a game. So mm-hmm. if he can just figure out how to balance that and really get that under his belt, I think he'll be good to go. And the Houston Rockets will certainly get a steal. I think you'll just get someone who's excited to play basketball, which, Mm -hmm. you know, personally, I think that's been one of the biggest things for the Rockets, just get guys who are bought in, ready to hoop, ready to go. Candice, last question before getting out of here. What was your favorite moment covering Paolo Bancaro this past season? (laughs) Well, you know, that's super biased for me because (laughs) I'm a a Carolina grad. And so having to watch the Final Four and go in UNC's (laughs) favor was definitely something that I truly enjoyed. But I think the way, you know, watching the NCAA tournament and seeing the way Paolo would take over, especially when those runs were tight against like Texas Tech, Mm -hmm. right? You had guys like Michigan, teams like Michigan State, and they they had to earn those wins, and they did. It was a great run for them, and I think all that they brought to the program, especially with a a team that's asked to get together again in 10-month span, Paolo certainly was a biggest factor in terms of just making sure the guys stayed and get the, that Duke stayed in games and ultimately won games. So I think when he knows how to take, when he takes over and decides for himself that he can be that leader, I think he's going to be one of the better, uh, well, I call them draftees or better signings, you know, going to this class. Candace Cooper, the host of Locked On ACC. Candace, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Yeah, no doubt. Follow me at Candace D. Cooper on Twitter. You can also follow at Locked On ACC. We are on the lot, part of the Locked On Podcast Network every single day. We give you some great takes with my rounding cast of hosts, and I really appreciate the time again. 
Once again, our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early predictions for the 2022 NFL season. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just remember to use the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to get the bonus and to get into the action because bet online is where the game starts once again ladies and gentlemen that was candace cooper the host of locked on acc candace as i mentioned early on in the show is one of the best reporters that we have on the Locked On Network. I love listening to her anytime. You know, you guys know me. I also cover the Houston Texans and the Rockets and the Texans are in the same boat. It is very similar that both of these organizations are playing with what they're going to do with the number three overall selections. And I swear, listening to Raphael Stone and listening to Nick Casario a lot of times is almost like hearing the same exact person. But Every single time I'm looking at prospects, especially prospects in the ACC, I always go and hear what Kansas has to say. Like I mentioned, she is one of the best sports reporters that we have on the Lockdown Network. One of the best sports reporters around. I love her work. Ladies and gentlemen, look, the Rockets and the Texans, nine times out of ten, they're going to be sorry again for another year before we can start talking about playoffs. And I know, like me, A lot of people are going to be looking to see what college players and college prospects are going to be out there for this upcoming college 2022-2023 season. But if you're looking at at schools in the ACC, please be sure to check out Candace Cooper. She does an amazing job, as you heard her in the second segment. We had an opportunity to talk about Paolo Bancaro. And guys, you know, it was funny. Last year, there was this big debate who the Houston Rockets should take at number two. You had some people that was on the K. Cunningham train. You had some people who was, you know, going for Jalen Green. And then you had some people like me who literally was hoping for the Rockets to take Evan Mobley. I was part of the Mobley mob, Mobley train, or whatever they wanted to call it. But um, one... I think that was a win-win, another win-win-win situation for the Rockets because, one, I think the 2021 draft class is going to go down as one of the all-time best because the work, the work all of those rookies did this year was remarkable. But this year, I say all that just to say this year, it's extremely funny because there is no debate on who the Houston Rockets should take at number three. You know, it seems like there is a general approval that the Rockets could and should take Paolo Bancaro and part of the reason why I would like to see the Rockets take Bancaro with this number three overall pick is like I mentioned early on in the show I want to see the Rockets get fit more so than best player available and I think if they have an opportunity to get Paolo they're going to get the best of both worlds because when you take a look at what the Houston Rockets need like I mentioned with Jalen Green with Kevin Porter Jr., those two guys, had they, they, they're going to take care of the backcourt, at least for the 2023 season. 
There is no need for the Rockets to go out and get one of the top guards in this year's draft at the, with that number three overall pick. Or I saw some people packaging a number three overall pick to trade down in hopes of getting Ivy from Purdue. I like Ivy, but I think the Houston Rockets can actually afford to pass up on his talent because of what they already have in the backcourt. I do think the Rockets should address the um the backcourt at some point. I'm looking at it more so with the number 17 pick. And I'm going to save my thoughts on what I think the Rockets should do at 17 for the next installment of Believe in the Rockets. But I do believe at some point they should address the backcourt. However, the Rockets need to address their frontcourt more than anything. And when you take a look at a guy like Paolo, you're going to get a guy who is versatile in terms of his scoring, in terms of his playmaking ability. And I don't know what it is about me. And it's funny that I'm thinking about facilitating and stuff now because growing up, as you guys know, my favorite players are my three favorite players of all time is Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant, and Allen Iverson. And I say that because I love scoring. I love when guys take it upon themselves and score the basketball. But now, in terms of what I see the Houston Rockets might need, I think they will benefit more so with more playmakers on the court. You already have a guy like Alperin Shagun. You already got, got a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. You're talking about the top two facil facilitators on this team. Steven Silas is a coach who wants to move the ball. And even though Paolo will bring some scoring that the Rockets definitely need, my favorite attribute is Paolo's ability to keep the ball moving, to keep the to, to be an additional facilitator. When I take a look at a lineup, I'm looking at a potential Houston Rockets lineup that has Alperin Shagoon, Kevin Porter Jr., and Paolo Bancaro. And you're talking about a, a team that's going to already have their three top facilitators on the court at the same time. And I think that is when we're going to see this Houston Rockets offense not be as stagnant at times and also be an offense where we see everybody getting involved in scoring and creating more easier scoring opportunities for other people like a Jay Shante, like a Kenya Martin Jr. or whoever else you want to put in. Now, if the Rockets go out and acquire Apollo in the draft. And look, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, is basically set in stone. If Apollo is sitting there at number three, the Houston Rockets are definitely going to select Apollo. I was told prior to the NBA draft lottery, it didn't matter if the Rockets was one, two, or three, Apollo was going to be the Rockets' number one prospect in general, regardless of where they fell in the top three. As long I was told as long as they was in the top three, the Rockets were going to take a chance on Apollo. However, if Paolo is drafted by the Rockets, I am starting to get the sense that we're going to see a major shakeup in the Rockets lineup. If not this offseason, by the trade deadline. And yes, that means I'm hitting at a possible departure of one Rocket in, partic in particular. And that one Rocket that I'm looking at is Christian Wood. Because one... I do not see a situation where Alperin Shagoon is going to continue to come off the bench. Maybe to start the season if they can't find a trade partner for Christian Wood. But the Rockets really want to see what they have in Alperin Shagoon in terms of a starter. And he has been working out all offseason. We saw 
the development in Shagoon's game for the second half of the season. You also know if you go out and get a guy like Paolo Bancaro, one, I think a lineup featuring him would also help put Jayshon Tate at the three. And I think Tate is going to be more valuable being played as a small forward versus a power forward. Two, the Rockets get more size. But three, that means the front court is going to get a lot more crowded. And if they go out and draft Paolo, and even if it's, you know, if things change and they have and they go out and get Chet or Jabari Smith, I hope that's not the case, especially Chet. But Jabari Smith, I could take. But if they go out and get Paolo, then I can definitely see the Rockets moving on from Christian Wood. Because like I mentioned, the front court is just going to be too crowded at that point. The next question is, or the next option should be, if they do depart from Christian Wood, given the potential arrival of Apollo, what would be the trade market for Wood? I could see the Rockets using Wood and getting another lottery pick. I could see. Now, where would that fall in the lottery? I don't know. But when you take a look at a team like the Portland Trailblazers, when you take a look at a team like the New Orleans Pelicans, and even when you take a look at a team like the Washington Wizards, I literally just named three teams in the top 10 who can benefit of having the talent of Christian Wood. It's going to be, and and this is part of the reason why I feel the Rockets are in a win-win-win situation because it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter, like, you know, the type of prospect that they get, but... I'm looking at this from a standpoint, it doesn't matter if they hit on uh, hit on Paolo Bancaro or they go out and get another top, one of the other top three players in this year's draft. If they go out and trade one of their picks, like I mentioned, I'm going to play around with number 17 on the next installment, but there are so many options you could do with that pick. The Rockets have, of course, I'm considering their best trade asset, even though I don't want to see him lead this organization in wood. There are just so many possibilities that the Rockets can go about where the only thing that can hurt their chances of making it a successful draft for a second consecutive year is whether or not these players develop. But with all that being said, the Rockets have one of the best developmental staffs in the league, they has had that over the last few years, i.e. just take a look at the talents that came from their G League, and even just take a look at the talents and the development that we saw in the second half of this season. But there are just so many great options out there for Stone to consider that would actually help make the 2022 NBA draft a success for the Rockets. But, ladies and gentlemen, as long as they get an opportunity to draft Paolo Bancaro, it's already going to be a win for the Rockets. Now, the next question would be, what's going to happen to a guy like Christian Wood, and what are they going to do at number 17? But, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. 
four. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, I have moved on from SB Nation. I am now the beat reporter covering the Rockets for Sports Illustrated. A really great opportunity for me, and I'm hoping that you are, that you guys continue to rock with me. Like I mentioned, if you thought my work was good at SB Nation, it's going to be 10 times as good with Sports Illustrated. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Believe in the Rockets. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.